Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The Stop Making Me Think About Space, It Makes Me Confront My Own Mortality edition. Yeah, Jill. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, God. We're talking about space again. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Fine, take me there, yeah. make me feel small, give mm-hmm. me a lot of numbers that are <laughs> unfathomable, yeah. if you must. Yes, uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with just the disappointed yet eager Marissa Riley. Always. <laughs> always. The truth about the world is always equal parts interesting and disappointing. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. And uh, I forgot to say today's episode number. It's episode 076. Yeah, the good old 76. <laughs> More uncomfortable stuff about space. Amazing. Yeah, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here uh, comes in cold and learns everything, every horrifying thing in real time, just like you. It's true. <laughs> I had no idea we were going to talk about space, but I should have guessed it. It's one of the... Big topics that we talk about. We talk a lot about space. Uh, we talk a lot about mm-hmm. butts. Yes. And both um, hard to fathom sometimes. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> Been in some uncomfortable positions. Jeez. Yes. Equal but opposite terrifying things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the more I learn about space, the more I want to curl into a fetal position in some corner. Uh, and yep. honestly, <laughs> and honestly, I can't live alone knowing this kind of information. So I ask you to join me in the fetal position in that corner as today we talk about three uncomfortable discoveries. It sounds great. Everyone yeah. get comfortable. <laughs> everyone, everyone get fetal. That's right. Because here we go. Yeah, it's, it's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, but honestly, what better way to begin than to tell you that if you spend a lot of time out there in space you may permanently change some of your gene expression. What? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. That's uh, really impossible. Uh, yeah, right? No, it's possible. Yeah. Oh my God, gene expression. I thought that was like an ironclad thing that's oh. like, un. you're born with it and that's it. <laughs> well, off the top of your head, you know, Dr. Marissa, based on your years of experience in genetics, yes. what do you think? <laughs> What do you think uh, the term uh, gene expression means? Uh, I think you're born with genes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like Spot on. Um, yep. that you get from your parents' DNA. Uh-huh. You have a certain number of chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, you can change things about your body, but you can't change the, the like DNA you're born with. And then right. if you choose to pass it along, you can. Yeah. But, but it. It's in your cells. There you go. It's in cells. all of your cells. You said the, the big word, cells. Yeah. Look there at you go. all of... Did you hear me just now? <laughs> oh, my God. Am I a doctor? <laughs> it just blew my mind. Did See? I just give a TED Talk on <laughs> stuff? There, I've been. Yeah. I lost everyone Amazing. just now. No, yeah. it was award-winning. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, let's get specific. Uh, according to yourgenome.org. Amazing. Quote, gene expression is the process by which the instructions in our DNA are converted into a functional product. That's basically what I just said. There you go. Uh, It's a tightly regulated procedure that allows a cell to respond to its changing environment. Put a pin in that. Okay. Yeah, it acts as both uh, an on and off switch to control when proteins are made and also a volume control 
that increases or decreases the amount of proteins made. Ah. So, in sum, how our bodies react in and to an environment. Thank gene you. Expression. Thank you, gene <clears throat> expression. Yeah. You could handle things a little better, but... <laughs> You're doing an okay job. I know the whole asthma thing. That's that's gene expression. And, yeah, uh, I can't cuddle yeah. with a lot of dogs and any no cats. That's right. Come on, gene expression. Yeah, get, get with it. With it. <laughs> so, how we figured out that being in a spaceship for a lengthy period of time can have a sometimes permanent effect on gene expression came about from one res- from one of research science's favorite types of studies. A twin study. Oh, la la. I know. Uh, now, let's begin, my friends. Back in 2015, astronaut Scott Kelly boarded the International Space Station to begin what would become the single longest space mission ever. He was in space and on that ship for 340 days straight. That's a, a lot of space. That is so much space. That's too much. That's almost a year yes. of space. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you do? <laughs> This is float. Okay. <laughs> a lot of floating. Amazing. Yeah. Fine. Uh, meanwhile, his identical twin, retired astronaut Mark Kelly, stayed on Earth, living his best retired astronaut life, and acted as the control group. Oh, so actual twins. Actual twins. I just assumed that was a term that you, you like, we might or might not talk about. It was like <laughs> two things. It's actual twins. Yeah, we're studying twins. That's so it's cool. I love that. Yeah. This it's is very cool. smart. Yeah. Uh, remember, identical twins share the same, exa- bleh, same exact genome. So if there are subtle changes in one twin, say because he was in space for near- nearly a year, researchers can attribute that change to the environment and not genetics. That's why twin studies are so damn helpful. That's so cool. There you go. Now, before Scott was shot into space, uh, both brothers were measured in every way possible, from their mental state down to how their bodies physically functioned on a cellular level. Uh, The same metrics were measured over those 340 days. And of course, after returning to Earth, when Scott started the process of readapting to our planet and its gravity, Measurements were taken during this literal coming down period as well. I Okay, so for the longest time, because of movies, I thought yeah. you could just like go to space and come back and no. then like get in your car and, and drive to <laughs> Burger King or whatever. <laughs> I didn't realize it was, and it makes complete sense that it's like a whole rehabilitation process because yeah. your body is like, mm-hmm. it, it, you're coming back to gravity. You, you don't have the muscle. You don't have the this. You're yeah. unadjusted. So it just blows my yeah. mind that for the longest time I thought you could just get out of the spaceship and no, walk give, your dog or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> give it a Google. Uh, usually astronauts have to be carried out of the uh, that's so of crazy. their little shuttle thingy. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's wild. Uh, so fast forward to 2017. 200 researchers in 30 states got to work comparing and contrasting Scott's data against itself and against and against Mark's. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what did they discover? I would love to talk about it. All right, from nasa.gov, researchers learned that spaceflight is associated with oxygen deprivation stress. <laughs> okay, increased inflammation and dramatic nutrient shifts that affect gene expression. Uh, most of the biological changes Scott experienced in space quickly returned to nearly his pre-flight status. Some changes returned to baseline within hours or days of landing. For example, Scott was two inches taller than before he left Earth. 
but he shrank back to his original height. However, a few biological changes persisted after six months. Mm-hmm. End quote. First of all, yeah. <laughs> two inches taller. He got two inches taller. That's incredible. And you know, he tells everyone that at every party he goes to, he's like, yeah, I became two inches taller. Finger guns. Um, <laughs> and I'm an astronaut. <laughs> and I'm an astronaut. That's right. Um, but it's the other stuff that I'm really curious yeah. about. Um, like the, uh, which biological changes persisted? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. I need to know. <laughs> Good question. Well, first, my friends, uh, 93% of Scott's gene expression returned to normal after landing. But that's cool. That's not yeah. everything. No, it's not. <laughs> 7%. That's 7%. Well, it seems like they changed and they're going to stay that way. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 7%? I think so. Of your gene yeah. expression? That's quite a lot. I know. And he wasn't even in there up there a year. So. I know. So I don't want to go ever <laughs> when we all have to move there someday because we're, we, we ruined we the planet. Exactly. We did horrible things here. Good luck with that, kids. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's 7%. Let's talk about it. Uh, that's 7% uh, involves genes related to his immune system, DNA repair, bone formation networks, and how oxygen and carbon dioxide are regulated in the blood. So that's... So (laughs) I know what you're asking now. Why and how? Yeah. Right? Both great questions. Yeah. Uh, And the answer is simple, yet profound. Stress. His environment was so radically different, and for so long, some biological adaptations naturally occurred, but can't be reversed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, parts Stress. of his body thinks he's still living in space. Yeah, and they're <laughs> used to working, like, a little bit overtime because it's space for a year. <laughs> Quote, oftentimes when the body encounters something foreign, an immune response is activated. Christopher Mason, a twin study researcher and an associate professor at the Wheel Cornell Medical College, told Business Insider, the body thinks there's a reason to defend itself. We know there are aspects of being in space that are not as ple- not, that, that are not a pleasant experience, and this is the molecular manifestation of the body responding to that stress. End quote. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my god! She's holding her face with her hand. Is my gene expression yeah. changing right now because <laughs> I'm having a tough week at work? <laughs> Who knows? The past two years, we've all probably changed. I was gonna say we all have. From our gene, our poor gene expression. Okay. <laughs> I I am happy to report, though, Scott is as happy as a fucking clam. Awesome. And there was no impact to his cognitive abilities or mental health. Honestly, in every interview and documentary you see him in, he's optimistic and raring to get back up there. Good, Scott, that's, okay. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but for the average person who wants to go to Mars, for example, just know that it's a three-year journey to get there. And another three to get back. So it's six times as long as Scott's record-breaking space mission. Just something to, just something to think about before you take the plunge. Oh, my God. Okay, but what if yeah. going to space actually turned you into a person with, like, superpowers? Mm. What if that's, what, that's what's really changing? He, he did get two inches taller. <laughs> he did. You guys, that's a superpower. That's a super- but didn't he lose that again immediately? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's probably still like, worth it. <laughs> worth it. Worth it. Um, so after the break, uh, in space, no one can hear you scream. 
Does that sound familiar? Yes. Okay. It was the iconic tagline of Ridley Scott's film Alien. Uh, well, I've got some good news. Uh, you can hear screams. <laughs> okay. Or, or at least some noises. And uh, I'm going to explain. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. Please, please do. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science and You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Hello, everyone. It's Takuya here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We are so back. And my friends... We're in the year no one remembers for sure. It's 2002. You're right. What? I have no idea. <laughs> what ha- I think because I was in middle school, so Aww. I blacked it out. <laughs> Just completely lost. As you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you remember middle school, <laughs> wow, how was it? I, <laughs> what's that like? I can't remember a single thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, you and me both. So. Yep. Uh, Anyway, it's 2002, and astronomers at NASA's Chandra X-ray Observatory were doing what they usually do, pointing it at ancient things in the universe and waiting to see what the fuck happens. I love it! I would do the same! (laughs) I would do the same! But on a very special day, 
They not only saw something special, turns out the data they recorded also happened to be a very special sound. Oh. Mm. Ooh. But first, where was it coming from? My friends, picture Earth. Amazing. (laughs) This is my favorite mapping you've done (laughs) so far. (laughs) Now point to it. Uh, and move your finger a wee 250 million light years away to a cluster of galaxies called Perseus. Amazing. Yes, we're all there. I I, Fantastic. My, I always do this with Jill, like I'll actually point my arm around. We went in opposite directions. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's too far matter. away anyway. Yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. It's fine. Nothing matters. Okay, so it's that way. Okay, got it. I'm here with you. It really, I don't know. So at the center of this cluster is a supermassive black hole, and it's doing what supermassive black holes do. It's eating and emitting, emitting staggering amounts of energy. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> but my friends, that energy is being transformed into a jam session. Fun. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, according to science.nasa.gov, what exactly did they pick up? I would love to talk about it. I do think it's aliens. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't brought that up in a while. I've been bringing up a lot of Marvel, which does involve aliens, but I think it's aliens. All right. Quote, astronomers obtained a deep Chandra observation that shows ripples in the gas filling, uh, in the gas filling the cluster. Ripples in the gas filling the cluster. These ripples are evidence for sound waves that have traveled hundreds of thousands of light years away from the cluster's central black hole. End quote. Yeah. Okay, so there's gas Mm -hmm. in the cluster. Yeah. And there are ripples in that gas. Going through it. Going through it. Yeah. Which proves Mm -hmm. that sound, those Mm -hmm. are sound waves. And yep. they can see it through the gas. They can see it through the gas. Did I get that right? A hundred percent. You're two for two. Two for two. Doctor in the house. <laughs> yes. That's right. Ripples moving through gas, my friends. That's basically what you need to create and detect a noise. Kiona Smith Strickland of Gizmodo.com wrote a breakdown of what sound is exactly and why even in space sound can exist. I'm actually really excited to hear what sound is exactly because there's all kinds of mechanics to it mm-hmm. that are beyond me. Oh, let's, let's see if we could break this down. Amazing. Uh, all right, Dr. Marissa, what do you say we take turns reading from that breakdown before we get into the significance of the sound those astronomers recorded. I am, I'm so into it. Let's get it started. All right, quote, when an object moves, whether it's a vibrating guitar string or an exploding firework, it pushes on the air molecules closest to it. Those displaced molecules bump into their neighbors and then those displaced molecules bump into their neighbors. The motion travels through the air as a wave. When the waves reach your ear, uh, you perceive it as a sound. There you go. As a sound wave passes through the air, the air pressure in any given spot will oscillate up and down. The time between those oscillations is called the frequency, and the distance between peaks is the sound's wavelength. Ah! There you go. Now I know what those things are. That's so cool. Now that we know how to measure these waves coming from that fucking black hole. Uh, let's get to it. Dr. Marissa, you're up again. Please tell us how fucking bonkers is this sound and why is it 
record-breaking. I would love to talk about anything record-breaking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) From uh, the gizmodo.com article, there actually is sound in space. Quote, at the... At the center of a cluster of thousands of galaxies, a supermassive black hole is humming to itself in the deepest note the universe has ever heard, as far as we know. The note is a B-flat. How random. (laughs) About 57 octaves below middle C, which is about a million billion times deeper than the lowest frequency sound we can hear. Mm -hmm. End quote. That's right. You know what I really want to bring up right now, which Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with this, is the brown note. Um, (laughs) Yes. I heard about it in a television show once, not even on the internet, television. Oh, yeah. This this note would make me shit. You heard it? In case you didn't know what the brown note is, it's a note that makes you... um, Supposedly. Shit your pants. That's right. When Supposedly. You I, I haven't even cross-referenced this on Google. I think the CIA actually did or did some research into the brown note. I am so yeah. into using that instead of like <laughs> nuclear weapons because think about it. Yes, I'm all for it. I would much rather just, if given the choice, humiliate people instead of devastate a country. Yes. That would te- I think that would go. teach that would teach me a lesson. Yeah, target your sound onto a politician when they're making a very important speech. Boom on the, like national television. Yeah, a re-election campaign. See, I think we solved um, war. The wor- I th- world peace. <laughs> I think we got it. I think we got it with the brown note. <laughs> put we it on a tote. Put it on a tote. <laughs> also, think of if you had an app and you were like really blocked up. Okay, anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, we were talking about space. Um, Uh, Capitalism always finds a way, you know? (laughs) I'm going to be a millionaire. Okay. Uh, Okay, so a B-flat, 57 octaves (laughs) below middle C. (laughs) So, um, unfortunately, I have no recording to play because we're incapable of hearing it. Of course. And honestly, even if we could hear it, we'd practically have to be immortal to hear one complete note. Yeah, as I'm, Andy... I'm not going to bring up Marvel. <laughs> I want to, I won't. Like an alien. Alien, there we go. Yeah. Now, as Andy Fabian, a professor at the Institute of Astronomy, described to CBS News, quote, the distance between sound waves determines the pitch. For instance, in a very high-pitched sound, such as an extreme upper note of a violin, the sound waves are close together and cycle many, many times. Most sounds detected by the human ear cycle very rapidly. But the voice of the black hole could never be heard by the human ear because there are 10 million years between each of the sound waves. I know I know this is like an unfathomable number, but as someone who was, <laughs> as someone who was once in the band, um, and yeah. not like a rock band. High school. A high school band, <laughs> That's right. a marching band, the symphonic band. Um, I didn't make it to wind ensemble. It's fine. Um, that actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It would just 10 million years. Jesus it's, Christ. Yeah. So just know, my friends, that this sound is out there and has been playing, get this, for the past 2.5 billion years. So... She's been singing for a while. That's right. <laughs> Uh, the scale and scope of this info is devastating. Uh, but good news, we're going to end the episode on even more devastating facts. I love it. <laughs> that luckily 
affect a generation millions of years from now. We're in the clear. Even Gen Z, we're all good. Amazing. Yeah, we're all fine. We can keep ordering seamless and staying home <laughs> in right. our sweats. Uh, now, Dr. Marissa, you grew up in Texas? I yes? did. <laughs> so you know the glory of a night sky. I do. Uh, it's pretty goddamn crowded up there and even beyond what we could see with the naked eye. Oh, yeah. So one day, my friends, that won't be the case. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. The stars at night. I'm uh-huh. not going to sing the song, but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lose my Texas uh, <laughs> sky. Yeah, yeah. But Dr. Marissa, why don't you break... The news you're a doctor you're trained on communicating trauma um you give us the uh, the bad news i uh, millions of years from now. i would be fine with that okay <laughs> from the scientific american article fade to black the night sky of the future oh, woof <laughs> um quote the night sky on earth Assuming it survives, geez, <laughs> will change dramatically, like this article, as our Milky Way galaxy merges with its neighbors and distant galaxies recede beyond view. Mm-hmm. The quickening expansion will eventually pull galaxies apart faster than light, causing them to drop out of view. End quote. Okay. Mm. So, yes. Milk our Milky Way, our galaxy. Awesome. Home High home five. galaxy. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Personal fave. Um <laughs> It will dramatically Okay, so I just want to get this right. It will change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um and our neighbors will just go away. Yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm hearing. Yes. Our neighbor our neighbors will move away. They're moving. I mean, they are moving now, and they're going to move even further. The phrase, are not having neighbors, um, makes me so happy. I, I should be upset. But also, I'm, I'm glad it's not our fault. <laughs> For the first time, I yeah. can't believe that. I just assumed um, it would be our you know fault. What? That is great news. It's Isn't not our awesome? fault. <laughs> Everything amazing. is our fault, too. Uh, you know what? Round of applause. It's not our fault. This is nothing to do with us. Yes. The only thing that's our fault is we won't be here. <laughs> that, and that'll be our fault. Yeah. yeah. But oh well. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm this I'm smiling ear to ear because this is a pro this is, you know, it's not our fault and we can't solve it. It's great. It's not it's not our fault and it's not our problem. <laughs> so uh, but my friends, <clears throat> that's right, remember galaxies are moving away from one another. Which means at one point they'll be so far away their light will never reach us, for reals. Uh, Now this has a lot of implications for our next of kin. Uh, If you can't see other galaxies, you can't track their movement, which could mean, quote, in short, it erases all the signs that a Big Bang ever occurred. Oh, wow. End quote from the same Scientific American article. (gasps) Now that's kind of scary, mostly because this fact leaves me with no doubts that on a future Twitter app equivalent, there will be a fiery debate between two parties. One that believes galaxies other than our own exist, as did the Big Bang, and one party that will not. Oh my god. Yep. I was just thinking that. I was like, mm-hmm. this will be a myth. Yeah. Do you think there are people from like uh, gazillions of years, I, I couldn't put a number on it because yeah. I'm too tired, but... <laughs> From a long time ago who drew, like, pictures of aliens that they actually saw. Ah. And we're just like, lol. <laughs> imagination. The human yeah. imagination. Wow. 
And they're like, no, that's Gorlock. We yeah. saw him every week. Yeah, because when he came down, we were, we were neighbors <laughs> and and ate our children. Yeah, and and we let him because they were annoying. Yeah. And like, wow, I took that very far. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love that story on that rock. Great story. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's gonna uh, be a myth. So a fight on some Twitter app. I could see it now, but thankfully the sun will be about ten percent brighter in a billion years. <laughs> So, which will for certain vaporize all water on Earth, ending that conversation and destroying all social media. So that's great. I think that's a happy ending. It the is. thought of social media being destroyed, mm-hmm. I think, is beautiful. I think that's something um, that we can go to bed smiling about. Wow. You know, I did not expect this to be so happy at the end. We're just- <laughs> optimists here at, well, that's interesting. We're always looking on. The bright side. Hey. hey. <laughs> Always looking at the 10% brighter side. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I guess we could sit back and relax and enjoy the night sky. The end. Yep. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. Don't do anything. <laughs> That's right. Great Please advice. recycle, though. <laughs> uh, and thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about, you know, devastating Things like, I don't know, that fucking hole, black hole in space that's... Oh my just... God. Tell everyone. Tell everyone at work. Tell, tell people at parties. Just yeah. watch their faces that's change. Right. It's that... amazing. You could also just like maybe even mix your facts up and say that they found the brown note that's <laughs> in space. Do that. Oh my God. <laughs> or better yet, invent the brown note and um, yeah, change the world. Have fun. Yes. <laughs> but please... Stay interesting. Please do.